Welcome to episode one of Hooked on Stereophonics. My name is Steven Zimmer. I'm here with James Alex, lead singer and guitarist of Beachline. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so in this podcast, the aim is to talk about the intersection between music and literature, what books that you love, and how they affect the music you wrote. Uh, so James, how we're gonna do is we're gonna tell, we're gonna have you list your five favorite books, and we're gonna talk about that, see how they intersect. So, top of your head, what's the first book that you would think of as like a favorite or like first uh, perks, author? Yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Being a wallflower. Yeah, would would. I mean, you know, that book, I think more than anything, just sculpted my whole life. You know, it really, really did. Um, so, yeah, that's a, an, an absolute first. I mean, it, you know, after that, it gets a little it gets a little wild, right? Because it's like, I, I'm such a fan of Bukowski's that I really, um, I really chew up everything he's ever written. Um, I, I do lean more towards his poetic work. So, um, Bluebird, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that stuff. Like I have laughing heart, you know, the whole thing tattooed on my. Arm. I, I I just. Oh, I know. Yeah, so his, his stuff would be hard hard to sort of decide between. You know, I I definitely read more poetry than I read novels. Um, but like uh, you know, Dorian Gray, obviously by Oscar Wilde. I I you know really he he was the first cat who really snapped me out as a writer. You know the way he sort of twisted language and stuff. I was like, you can say an ordinary thing in a really weirdo way, and right. it just. In, like what what examples from Dorian Gray would you say? You mean like like like, like that like, kind of like use of language? Stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just um, geez, let me let me think here. I, and my apologies because I've been I've been in my own head trying to I'm trying to write LP too. That just right. a sidebar to this. I um, we're we have we're we're touring. We know we're already touring from January to August of next year. Pretty much, just gone straight to. So I'm trying to get the thing written before we're trying to release LP two at the same time we released LP one this year. So in order to do that, I need to have it written and done before we go over to Europe in June. And it's just but there's very little time before then because we're in Europe and we're doing another full US and um, stuff like that. So I, gosh, I hope I don't flake on exact quoting right now because. Um, like here's one that's sort of been my mantra, sort of forever. This this should be the great one, but it's like we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. You know, I mean, it's just like I don't know. You know, if that doesn't sort of sock you in the guts, man, I, you're doing life wrong. You know, I mean, it's so incredible, right? But he uh, he's just a really, really incredible writer to me. The way he he just sort of looked at things and how he wrote about them. Um, right. I feel like a lot of your writing has that style where it's like all these people who like society would say are deadbeats or weird punk kids are like actually these great people like Bukowski has that well. It's like Without a doubt, man. And, and you know, that whole sort of broken dreamer thing has always resonated with me. Um, and then there's a collection of writers who write under this label called Write Bloody. So, uh, so yeah, Poetry Collective, I think they're now based in Austin. Yeah, Derek Brown is the writer and he sort of sort of hops around the country quite a bit. I think he's most recently based in Austin. But like, his writing and like Anise Mojgani and like Buddy Wakefield, like that sort of contingent of writers I've really, really glommed onto. And I think like, I think like if you really dig into like Perks and Oscar Wilde and Bukowski of course, and that White Bloody crew, somewhere in there is sort of, I think where I found my voice as a writer. Going back to Perks, like, what about that? Like, I've never read that book, personally, so, like, I, uh, 
Like, I'll, I'll, I'll nod and say, oh yeah, that makes sense, but like, sure. what specifically about that book, like, really connects to me? Like, I just know, all I know about that book is from the movie trailer. Oh, so, yeah. I got, I got nothing. I'm going in blind here. Yeah, well, I think it was written really beautifully, but in the way that it wasn't pretentious about itself. It didn't, it didn't want to be more than what it was, like the very honest writings of a kid trying to figure it all out, you know? Um, and it comes off that way, but there's, you know, but there's poignant moments that just sort of, if we allow ourselves to sit down with a pen or a typewriter or whatever the thing might be and just go at the, the, the contents of our head and our hearts, beauty's gonna spill out, you know, just, it's that discipline of sitting there and doing that. And I think, I think that's what he did very, very well in that, you know, um, where those sort of, that, that sort of those honest, beautiful things will spill out of you if you do it. And he right. accomplished it over and over and over again in that book, you know. And, right. I, and, and, and then I thought it was, just to interrupt, and then I thought yeah. it was really cool too when it, when it was being adapted to film, he wanted to be so hands-on about it. Right. That it didn't get messed up Thanks for so the Latin, right? You know, yeah. I, and I thought that was to care, to continue to care so much about this thing that has meant so much to so many people. I thought it was really beautiful and really spoke to, you know, the character I would hope he has as a human being. Right? Yeah. I feel like you see that a lot, where like authors aren't so hands-on with the series, but they like want to be kept in the loop and make sure they're not screwing it up. Like for uh, sure, for sure. Jessica Jones. Magician, I'm sorry, I'm obsessed with Justin. Oh, really. no, please, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, stuff like that was, like, the, the author, the comic book author, went in and was, like, make sure, you, like, it's true to the character. I feel like, that's right. what you It's true to the scope and the feel. You know? Yeah, so, like, that's for sure. I definitely gotta go read books. Right on, yeah. I definitely think, um, I don't know if you feel this way, but as someone who's read the book, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And then on top of that, where it's sort of, like, for me, I read it when I was, I think, um, I just turned 18, so it's sort of a big moment where your life is changing. But seeing a kid who was kind of like a peer and who was into the Smiths and the water and like mixtapes and kind of like punk culture, which is sort of not mainstream in terms of high school and things like that, I thought that was really cool and I sort of had a thing where I felt like this book makes me feel less alone and maybe it is weird, but I'm not alone terms of being weird and I'm sort of like I think that sort of what you write kind of echoes that idea of like this is maybe not the mainstream but this is for us you yeah, know for sure yeah I mean that's you know man that's why I got perfect man I mean that that's exactly why I got into punk and most of the friends I know right it was like we were sort of all for whatever reasons we were introverts or weirdos or whatever the thing might be right so you don't you sort of walk around sort of looking for where you fit in. And punk rock has this very like, we're sort of, we're all sort of misfits, you know? We're all outsiders. You're welcome here, you know? And you walk into that culture and there's just, there isn't that pretense of like, you need to be some conformist idea of what you should be. You can just truly be yourself and be accepted for that. Um, yeah, you know, that's why I, you know, look, that's that's why I, I, I found salvation and healing in punk rock, and I still do, and it's important to me to, you know, to carry that stuff forward. Um, to your point, Perks to me is sort of the literary equivalent of that, like, to, to, to what you had said earlier, it's like, he listens to the Smiths too? Where, like, you felt alone <laughs> yeah. at school when you listened to the Smiths, yeah. or, like, you might have had a friend or two, but it wasn't like, um, 
and then yeah, you see this in this in this book, which it was kind. Those mixtapes were like, wow, this kid is like me, right? Yeah. And you sort of felt to your to your exact point, not so alone anymore, right? And yeah. How can that not resonate with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Were there any other books growing up that you felt that like connection of like, oh, I'm not so weird, I'm not so alone? Yeah. Um. I. Not 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 nearly as profoundly as that. Um, yeah. I mean. You know, yeah, I mean, I'd read books, I'd read, to be to be fair, man, I'd read a lot of, like, music and biographical books. I've yeah. just always been fascinated by, you know, rock and roll, of course, right? right? And just, like, people's lives, and, and, and maybe people that I've never even had, like, a standing interest in to study, but just, like, sort of, I guess it's academically voyeuristic right. to sort of get, like, a backstage pass out someone like kind which, of came which, which book do you come I say, like, something you're not so interested in the music? Still yeah, like I mean, I've read I've read books on like Eisenhower and Einstein and like James Dean and Monroe Kennedy, just sort of like these sort of big, like gigantic sort of cultural figures. But that I never really had like I never had a dog in the fight with them. You know, it's just kind of like I know of them. I know they exist right. and you know they've they impacted presence, culture. They yeah, but it's just kind of cool to read people that have come to some level of like cultural prominence or importance or have affected culture in a certain way to sort of sort of dig into that a little bit and just sort of understand them like like how did they look at their kid when they were opening Christmas gifts you know you want to get that humanity out of it all not just like because all that signing a treaty in an oval office that's yeah. all that's all photo ops there's, right? there's something like, about that with biography where you have to get into the really personal details or else sure. it feels kind of like you could just read the Wikipedia article without a doubt man yeah it's um you know man I watch so little television I mean Almost non-existent, but I do, I do love the show The Office, you know. Yeah. And I remember in the finale, uh, what was the, I think it was the last line of the series, and uh, Pam says something about finding beauty in ordinary things. Isn't right. that the point, you know? And I was like, what a fucking poetic way to end that show, you know? And it's like, like that's to that point, you know? It's like, there is, man. Like, look around. Like, you don't have to be you know, you don't have to climb Mount Everest or, like, headline the Enormo Festival as a right. band, right? It's, like, it's drunk conversation at dinner with your somebody you've known for 10 years, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that's the stuff I think I'll... I'm convinced I'll be glomming onto when I'm huffing my last breaths, right? <laughs> it's going to be those moments, you know? Um, so, yeah, to your point, man, there's a real importance to recognizing that. Um, and I'm glad that you do. I do as well, for sure. If I can go back to Bukowski for a moment, sure. um, I think, I feel like I'm going to misquote this, but I saw a yeah. quote you said where when you write songs, I believe your process was, <laughs> would John Hughes put this in a movie? That's right. How would Bukowski say it? And what chords would Paul Westberg put behind it? That's right. And I feel like that fits very well. I mean, like, obviously that's why I'm here. Like, I love all those things. <laughs> but Bukowski to me, I feel like, you kind of imbue a more hopeful side of Bukowski. Like, I feel like Bukowski is more downtrodden. Sure. I, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. Um, because I think the stuff that always resonated with me with Bukowski was that twist he put on it. Like, um, you know, there's this one excerpt, and I, I can't remember what it's from. I don't know if it's from a poem or like a short story, but this has always kind of stuck out to me any. He's talking about him and he's at a bar. Right. He's talking to a bartender about a thing, and I think they're talking about a baseball team or something. And he, Bukowski, criticizes the team or whatever, and 
they start ex- exchanging words or whatever, and he's like, somebody says, I think Bukowski was like, uh, he's, he goes like, fucker or something like that, and the guy goes, ah, you dreamer, and uh, Bukowski's like, yeah, that too, you know, like he had this beautiful, beautiful piece of him that I think he. You know, man. I mean, look. I, I, you know, I've read everything about the man. I've, 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 I've watched the documentaries. He had a, he had a pretty rough and tumble life, you know. Yeah. So I think you sort of, you, you squash that sort of softness as a defense mechanism. You know, it's like, you can have a really big tender heart and still wear brass knuckles. You know, and I think, and I, I think the brass knuckles are going to get recognized first. And I think that was right. that with Bukowski. But, you know, I've, I've read enough of the guy to just know. He's just achingly beautiful. Just like, um, you got You got You got to get through the grizzle sometimes to find it. But I think that's the, that's the narrative of his writing. Like you know, beauty and 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 good things don't come easily. Now, yeah, for me, I think I've wanted to put an optimistic spin on it more, just because that's what resonates with me. You know, that's the way I sort of I sort of came up was like, um, you know, and I, and I've written about this, but just like, you know. The world's tough, but it's also beautiful. You know, tilt your head and look at it differently. Like, yeah. I just want to be like, there's character building that comes with going through the muck, right? And we all sort of do that as we're coming up. But when you get to a certain point in life, I no longer have to like, Bukowski, since we're on the Bukowski thing, said this really incredible thing. I just, I, I'll talk about the man as much as he'll let me get away with. But it's like, he's like, when you've been stuck with so many knives, it's like somebody hands you a flower and it takes you a minute to figure out what that what it is, you know? Like, man, right? I just, you know, I'm gonna fan. I, I just, I, 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 I love, I love yeah. his writing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, so like, but like coming through punk and, and coming up on like those John Hughes films and stuff like that. Like to me, positivity and humor and stuff has always had such a role as a, as just a, a vehicle that I've sort of like seen the world through. That like, yeah, I, I think I've, I've. Uh, I've, I've butchered the Bukowski sort of method of writing in a way that, that takes out some of the, some of the, some of the negativity, the, the trudgery and the negativity. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say it's me. Like when I heard that Bukowski quote, I was a little surprised. I never thought of that before because okay. it's so positive your music. That I'm always like, Oh, Bukowski. Yeah, yeah. And then like, you kind of see it. It's like, um, what you were saying about the mixtape, like people immediately go to like jawbreak and the placements. It's like, no, no, here's all this stuff. And you kind sure. of think about it. Like, yeah, that does, yeah. does sound like that. Well, just even that, like, just to sum him up, and I think this is maybe the most affecting thing when you, I think of, like, how I write. He's like, he said something about, like, you know, we're to live life so well that death will tremble to take us, right. you know? I mean, that's, that's my whole, that's my whole thing, you know? Yeah, um, so, yeah, so there's, yeah, yeah, at any rate, yeah, I don't want to keep talking about, no, about I mean, Bukowski, but yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the Bukowski thing surprised me because I always felt you were more in line with, like, S.E. Hinton. And okay. the, the outsiders, right on. Sure. Oh, please, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like to me, like that more encapsulates like the jocks versus punks thing, which you I think say by name and throw away. Sure. Yeah. And that that to me always felt like more positive. Like had Robert Frost not written it, I couldn't believe that Stagel Pony Boy came from your guitar uh, and words. Right now, on. Well, so. geez, man. Well, thank you. I, I, man, I don't know how to follow that up, <laughs> other than like with a beaming smile and a thank you, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, as we went back to like other books when you were younger, that certainly would have, I mean, 
Perks is still like leaps as yeah. a front runner um, in terms of sculpting me. But like that was definitely one. The, the first time I I read that, it just was it really knocked me back, right? Because just the way it was written and the subject matter and just how it just sort of gave it to you, right? I was like, yeah, that was like, you know, it was like a good punch, you know? It was like, um, yeah, so stuff like that, I really, I really love that, that approach, you know? I mean, it's no secret I'm a kind of hard on my sleeve kind of guy, right? Um, yeah, wow. Yeah. Man, I'm glad you said that. That's going to be that thing where it's like, I'm probably gonna go home and dig that out and yeah. have a go. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, there's a lot of books in my childhood that I want to get back into, and like that's like top of my list. It's like that. Yeah. I want to reread the Harry Potter series. Oh man, hey, I'm a huge <laughs> Harry Potter fan. I, I I got my first Harry Potter tattoo. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm just gonna jump in and yeah. say that I'm still in book five. So if I need to leave, I'm gonna my... stop. You guys, <laughs> okay, right, no, fair no, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop now. You already got spoiled. I'm trying. I've Star gotten spoiled today. So I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, I know what happens in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't that upset, and then I sat with it for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, jeez, right oh, I know what happened." <laughs> but one of the things that we're talking about is sort of um, writers that that you were into, but then sort of spinning it a little bit, what I thought was really interesting is in the, the vinyl copy of your album, that there's a, there's sort of a like, is prologue the right word I'm forgetting? Oh, but you sort of had, there's sort of like a prologue before all the lyrics come, and I'm like, yeah. I've never had an album that has sort of a written prologue to it, and it, I felt like it really just kind of added that much more to the experience for, oh. me, for me, where it was like, this is not just like an album, but you know, songs are sort of like captured moments that we've polished up. And then sort of like with that, and then doing the, even Trash has its place, I'm yeah. the name right. Sure. Yeah. You know, kind of writing that. What is it like for you to sort of take beach slang and turn it into something where you're actually like writing versus recording a song or guitar yeah. and things like that? Like actually just kind of taking to like a written medium how do you get the mission statement of beach slang across in that medium? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with like, you know, I wanted to be a writer long before I ever picked up a guitar. It was just the thing I think when you're born and you sort of start gravitating towards things you like, I just naturally gravitated towards wanting to be a writer. I'm sure I was terrible. My mom indulged <laughs> me and these are great, honey. Right. And I'm sure they were just terrible. Um, but it felt very natural to me to try to write things. And, and you know, I, I came up, you know, very introverted and shy and things like that. So you're sort of extraordinary in your own head, right? You can go on these adventures and do these things. And, and I, I suppose that's where uh, writing and, and things like that were sort of born in me, right? But um, to your very direct point, so it becomes this thing. And, like, to me, our, our records sort of are... I'm writing, little, to me, little two-minute novels, you know? I mean, they really are about me and my friends and, and things we've done, and they're important to me, you know? And I think setting a complete work up like an LP with something that sort of gets you in that space right. felt very important to me to do. Um, and then the book is like, it, look, you know, the beautiful part about writing on paper as opposed to being framed inside of measures and bars and rhyming schemes and, and, and syllable counts and, and all that kind of cool stuff is paper's boundless and it's infinite and it's, um, I can just sort of have a go, you know, and do the thing. And I think the beach slang mission statement sort of is just <clears throat> sort of natural to how I write. So I think that's 
kind of the, the easier part is to sort of be in that space and that sort of narrative and those sort of themes. Right. Um, I feel like, if I may, uh, when you write as a song, it feels very natural and it feels like a conversation and you throw in slang terms that like you wouldn't normally see in a song like shake your share like it yeah. feels just very much like talking to your friend like, hey just go punch the air with things that's like. like that's just great it makes sense that's it and and like you know let's that's full circle here to like that's how perks feels to me it feels like a kid talking to you and i know it's journal stuff but like <clears throat> like that's how it feels and i'm not and this is it has been important to me um from the beginning of this thing, very few things with beach slang were thought out and super considered. <clears throat> Two things that were, were, I want to be completely honest about this all the time. I don't want to make a lot of decisions with my head. I want to make them with my guts and I never want to be pretentious, right. you know? And that's what this is. I'm not, I'm not trying to be cool and I'm not trying to be anything more than that same broken kid who found punk. I, I, want there to be this relatability and this, um, I want to paint in very broad strokes I, because I want it to be, I want it, I want beach sign to feel like a big flashy neon sign that says you're welcome here, you know? Um, so that's not, that's not lost on me and it never will be, right? So, um, so yeah, man, so, uh, you know, so that's, that's sort of where the writing leads and heads and sort of stays and I think, you know, <clears throat> to your point, you know, you're like spot on, you know, but, but that's where it is. And now I think like, you know, the idea of a book to me was something, of course, again, wanting to have been a writer was always something I wanted to do. It wasn't until I saw the lyrics really starting connecting with people because you, <clears throat> right, you sit down to do work, any creative work or any work you might do. And you want to think like, man, this might matter. I feel good about this. I think this is okay. You know? Um, but then when you get a little like sort of proven out a little bit and it's like, Hey, this helped me through X or whatever the thing might be, you're like, wow, maybe the world hasn't given up on books yet or like the idea of the written word. Um, and then I was like, should I have a go at, you know, collecting these things? Because I have, I, I write every day. So I just have all these scattered writings on whatever they might be, right. you know, cocktail napkins or scraps of paper. And it's like, there's something so beautiful that happens when you frame them and you put them in a device, like a book, they just take on, New life. A whole new, yeah, just a whole new feeling and a meaning and stuff, and and that happened, and, and uh, people people are like, I think it's really cool. You can go to our merch table and get a record and get a book. There's something really sweet to me about that, um, <clears throat> and thankfully people have wanted to, wanted to get books there. So, man, yeah, the more if I can contribute to the number of books in the world, I'm gonna try to do like a two a year. Um, do you think it's always gonna be like? the kind of book trashy places now or would you ever go into like fiction writing or like short stories yeah I think the first few will be in that thing because right now again with wanting everything to be honest that's the stuff that's just sort of launching out of me and I feel the need to sort of write it and document it and have it down so but yeah man I'd love to sit down and write like chase like the bigger sort of narrative or a novel or you know at some point in my life I, I don't know that I have the time and or the discipline right now. I'm still like, oh, but I got to like write these. I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, it'll be cool to like slow down at some point in my life and maybe be a proper writer, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would like to see more musicians write books. Like I just got into the Mountain Goats and I just saw um, that the guy from Mountain Goats has a book. I'm that's like, it, yeah. Let me get like one more album in and I'll be like, 
now is my time. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a great one to dive into for sure. I, we've been listening to Mountain Goats so much, like, on tour, like, going around the U.S. It was like, because we, we don't listen to a whole lot of music. I mean, we, we primarily listen to, like, podcasts or, or the Harry Potter books on tape. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so wonderful. That sounds um, fantastic. It's fantastic, because three of us are pretty big Harry Potter fans, and one wasn't, so it was like a whole new world for him, <laughs> and we made a believer out of him, which is great, right? We, we had to do that with the same cat and the, the, the same cat and slang with two things. He had never really gone into Harry Potter, and he never listened to the Smiths. So wow. when we were on tour with, with Cursive, Tim's playing with right. us tonight, we, we had a really long drive, and we listened to their entire discography in chronological order. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, and he's, he's, he's a fan now. It, it works. Like, we, uh, we brainwashed him, and it worked, you know? I, <laughs> we did the good I, brainwashing. We saw a Smith's tribute band at the Munich Factory. We played here. Oh. And it was, uh, there was this New York Smith's tribute band that's, like, they really get close, and, like, the right. guitarist has a Rickenbacker and stuff. Oh, it's incredible. It's like perfect. And yeah. there's this writer for, um, Rolling Stone, Rob Sheffield, sure, sure. and yeah. he was here. Fucking adores them. Dude. Yeah, he was here. Yeah. He goes to like every show. He was show. the happiest I've ever seen any person at a show. Wow. And he was like just drunk and in love with the Smiths. Yeah. And we like talked to him after because we love Rob Sheffield and all sure. this stuff. Yeah. He was just like, I think I told him like how important love is a mixtape was. He was just like, dude, thank you so much. That uh, means a lot yeah. when you say that. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah. He's one of my favorite writers. That's I think great. he's a fantastic writer. Yeah. And I got... I got drunk, jumped on stage while they were doing, because they'll do solo Morrissey songs. Okay. So they were doing All That Matters. And I jumped off the stage. <laughs> and when I looked up, it was Rob Sheffield. And I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude wrote three of my favorite books. Right on. And I walked away <laughs> as like, he was the one who was gushing. Like, that yeah. was so cool. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is surreal. That is a fantastic story. (laughs) I love that story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But calls us sons and heirs. Sons and heirs. Okay. Okay. Right on. But yeah, you're a Smiths fan, and you're, you know, you mentioned Smiths and the song and stuff. And um, so for me, kind of growing up and listening to Smiths, when I heard something like Cemetery Gates, and I'm like seeing all these writers and things like this, that was like a whole new world to me that I'm like, what is he talking about? This sounds like a foreign language. Sure. And I don't know if you had, how well-versed you were with that stuff prior to the Smiths and then after, where it was kind of like, wow, this is, that was one of the first examples, I think, in terms of me listening to music, where I was like, music can talk about certain things, but it can also make reference to like, literature and, re- and real world sort of things that actually sure. exist and other bodies of work that for me prior to that it was sort of like music was a bubble didn't touch on things like that for sure oh without a doubt I mean as we talk about writers I mean if I you sort of blend those two worlds it's like when you ask who my favorite writers are even in a literary sense I mean like Morrissey and like Blake from Jawbreaker Jets right. would, would be right there you know with Bukowski you know because to me it's like that was that, I always cite this as an example, like Jawbreaker was the first time the formula cracked in my head for me and it made sense. It was like, you could be poetic and literary and heartfelt and and then just loud and raw and real, you know, and I was like, that he just figured it out. Or, or in a way, certainly that it allowed me to figure it out. Um, and then just the first time I, you know, I mean, I've been listening to the Smiths for uh, ever, you know, as long as I can remember. And I just, 
you know, reading Morrissey's lyrics, even, you know, they're just so smart and funny and dark and incredibly charming and witty. It just, it, he really is, you know, an incredible, incredible writer. So, um, yeah, that, and that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I think <clears throat> there's not much of a better marriage to me than rock and roll and, and literature, right? So it's, it's cool when it comes together. And the, to me, those two are just achingly shining examples of that in, in my life, you know, yeah. <clears throat> Are there any musicians that you love that you want to write books? Because oh, I know Morrissey just wrote a book. Yeah, yeah, which which I grabbed. Yeah, right away. Um, <laughs> um, geez, I, I'm not sure. Um, the car, the car crash that's happening in my head is, who am I interested in reading your memoirs, and who am I interested in you as, in, as, a, writer. as a writer? Yeah. Right. All right. So let's start with just the memoirs. Yeah. Whose life would you like to know more about? I know, look, I love the replacements, the pieces, so really any member of the replacements, right? Um, I know there's a new book coming out that's supposed to document them <clears throat> really, really intensely. I think it comes out in March. I know it's up for pre-order now. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to, you know, to really dig in to that deeper, right? Because, you know, when you have people you just really revere, you can't kind of know enough about them, right? So... Um, that, but I think my questions will be answered by that book. I'm hoping it's just really, really gives it. Um, I had like a pseudo replacements biography. I don't okay. know. It was called It's All Over But the Shouting. Did you ever hear oh, of that? Man, I don't know that one. It was mainly like, I don't think anyone from the band was involved. It was like okay. a biography of the band as told by like fans of the band and people who were okay. in like the Minneapolis scene. Oh, cool. it's, it's a pretty good read. Yeah, I remember being like super into that and like Redemption Song by Joe Strummer. Sure. High school, and that was right just, on. Yeah, we were on the last tour or before we we were in Cincinnati and I went to a, a record store there and I and I picked up it's called Waxed Up Hair and Painted Shoes and it's like it's more like a photo journal book but it does have some writings about the replacements and that's really really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think of I think of Blake right away as like as a book, just as a writer, not the memoirs of his musical life, but just as a writer. Um, you know, the replacements I'd love to see. I I usually grab like anything by the Pixies. Um, I be, I be, they're an, an enormous uh, influence on me, but there was, there was always just that sort of crazy dynamic, you know, specifically yeah. between like Charles and Kim, and um, you know, and again, as we, you know, again, we full circle here. It's the, it's the, the, it's the humanness of the relationships of the band more so than it's the, to your, to your earlier point, like the Wiki, Wikipedia articles. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I, I don't want a bio sheet or facts. Right. I just want, I mean, I want to get dig a little deeper. So, you know, stuff like that's interesting to read. I, I, I try to pick up stuff by them. Um, like, you know, Husker Du, I like to dig a little deeper into, you know, they're just like such an important band to me and just, you know, little, I, I like that era of music to me, like, you know, like Jesus and Mary Jean stuff. I'm yeah. Psychedelic Furs, I'm just a huge fan. Like those bands I could just read and read and read and never really graduate to a point where it's like, okay, I know enough. Right. You know so what I mean? Like, yeah. What what else? Like what could they make for dinner that day? Precisely. Like I mean I really would, would do that, you know. Um so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that that that's would be the core sort of I I I think people or at least magnetic fields, like any Stephen Merritt touches on both. Magnetic field, man, I, I'm so glad I remembered this before we finish this, but <laughs> magnetic fields would be an incredible, because they're so sort of private, you know? I, I would love to sort of get inside of that a little more. And Stephen Merritt definitely, to me, joins the literary, the Blake, uh, Morrissey, Stephen Merritt thing for me, for sure. I, 
the way he writes to me is just brilliantly weird and smart and he would break words to fit rhyming schemes and, and like but you know a verse would end almost like you know like in Rocky Horror when it's a, I see you shiver with anticipation right yeah. so he, he sort of you know there's moments where I would see him do that and I'd be like that's fucking brilliant right. you know to like to make you know and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing to him for not remembering him right away. But yeah, he absolutely, if I'm, if I, if I'm, if I'm naming for me the, the rock and roll literary holy trinity, it would be Morrissey, Blake, and Stephen Merritt for sure. <clears throat> Pretty much anything Stephen Merritt touches, I try to touch as well. I just, I, I really, really think he's brilliant and um, just this sort of approach to it. And yeah, you know, I know, I know he's sort of, you know, <laughs> downtrodden and it's the, the that whole vibe is this thing but like ah oh, what a what a what a brilliant soul who I'm so glad makes records and um and and his and his writing some books I know he did that what was that thing he just put out and it was like it was all like two letter words or some crazy that book that he like, did yeah yeah it was it was yeah it was just this sort of I don't know some weirdo <laughs> sort of concept like that but just that's I, I, that's what I love yeah. about him right I, I like, like that. that when people try to do those weird concepts they, yeah. Um, there's a webcomic I used to love in high school, and the author just put out a book where he tries to explain all these weird, like, really out there scientific concepts, okay. but he tested himself to use only the thousand most common words used in the English language. <laughs> I love so it's that. like, it's all, it's like a nuclear power plant explained in a way like a four-year-old yeah. would completely understand. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, that's cool. Like, that's yeah, like, that's, that's really, really cool. Super smart, incredibly yeah. funny. Yeah, I love that. I love that, yeah. <laughs> Hell, when like bands of people try and do that, just test themselves to use like certain things. Or yeah, whatever. for sure, for sure. Because it's like <clears throat> that's one thing, right? You know, you never want to get stagnant, no matter what it's you do, no matter what you do, right? And it's like, and and then whether it's like fly or fall, it's sort of like you served that sort of insatiable thing inside of you, and that's that need to create and keep pushing yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the day I'm up there just kind of going through the motions and faking it, it's like. I'm gonna gonna walk away because that's not fair to me. It's not fair to the person yeah. listening. I just I don't ever want to be. I just don't ever want to be a fraud, you know. So, but you know, I don't see that happening, man. I got a real I got a real sort of real sort of burn in me to sort of do this thing, you know. That eh, can I drop one more Bukowski thing? You know, he's, a, he's got that that poem he's written. So you want to be a writer, you know? And it's it's just basically like if it doesn't come like charging out of you if it's like it, you know it, it's basically like go find something else because it this is the only way it's ever been it's the only way it's going to be like it's not like you want to be a writer it's like right. you fucking have to yeah you i've, I've like, heard that from so many people yeah it's like, yeah i don't write songs i want to like it's just it's just there it's fully formed i just need to like push it out of me and then, like, yeah like my head would just be rattling clutter if i didn't do it and i'm like Sure, there's nights when my mind's doing the thing, and I'm just like, man, you know what would be great right now? Sleep, <laughs> and that's not happening. But it, but it's like, what am I, what am I complaining here? It's like it's a, it's a real sweet gift to have because I don't know, you know, you're playing a band. I don't know what I do without it. You know, it's like, um, so yeah, but but yeah, yeah, but but I, but I, I like the notion of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, look. Bukowski's my Ten Commandments, you know, you know, you know what I mean. It's like, so yeah, 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 yeah. But that, uh, yeah, I, I always think of that when pe people sometimes will come and ask about 
you, like the advice thing, how, how do you do this or how do you do that? And it's just like, you're given no choice. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, if, it, if it finds you, it is, but if it finds you and you're meant to do it, it'll happen. You know, it's like, I subscribe to that, you know? And that doesn't mean there's not hard work, you know, and dumb luck and revisions and messing up and falling on your face and, and all that stuff. It's like, you don't just get anointed you know, an amazing writer right. or whatever. You, you can't just is, start but. playing shows and immediately have people love you. Like, it's tape, you gotta play a lot of shows, you gotta get that. Of course, you know. You and the work. Yeah, and, and I, I wrote about this in just a little piece for a magazine, but it was just like, there is such beauty and romance to what I call the trash period, right? It's that, like, period of, like, the songs you're writing are terrible. The, the shows you're playing, there's two people there. Like, that's the stuff, man, like your character building. And that's the things, whether you graduate to the point where now you're playing to 300 or 30,000 people, <clears throat> the thing you're going to do with the people you went through that period with, you're going to talk about the time you played the three people. Right. You're going to talk about all those sweaty days in the rehearsal space where nothing came out of it because that's the stuff. That Right in the beginning of this, how we were talking about beauty and ordinary things. I mean, that is that stuff, you know? That's what you got to do. Like, that's if, it. If you're playing a one person, the sound guy, or like, sold out knitting factory, like, you got to... Yeah. Well, you know, man, it's like, every, that one person now, right, charges up about, like, how amazing this yeah. night was. And, 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 and even if that little spark doesn't ignite anything, that one kid, you change their life. You know, and, 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 and that person's there for the hall. They're not trend they're not trend hopping, they're not cool hunting. They're you d you did a thing, man. Yeah, you know, like inspired that means a lot. Now you know, it's like what they say about um the Bell and Underground and Nico, like a thousand people bought that record, but every one of those people went out and started Started a band. Absolutely. You know, it's like completely true. And now like you know, and now that kid isn't the kid searching, he sort of found the thing, right? And now that kid's not fifteen anymore, they're thirty and now they're putting on shows giving bands who draw one person a shot because they remember being that one kid at the show, right? It's like, there's this cyclical thing to life that I think people are too busy worrying around in their hurries and they sort of miss it, right? And it's like, <clears throat> like that's that. That's a, a great example of that, I, I think, you know. I'm just gonna ask you one more thing, just Please. jumping back, because um, you were mentioning that you were sort of more leaning in the poetry camp. Mm -hmm. Who are some of your favorite poets that you're doing right now? What are you kind of leaning towards yeah well so Bukowski and that that whole right bloody camp for me um like That's like right. Derek Brown yeah specifically and, and, and Anise Mojgani and Buddy Wakefield those three have I mean you know look obviously I encourage you to read the stuff it's just um yeah really lovely man I, I think it'd be I think it'd be really easy to sort of see their influence on me um when you read you read their things um can but, you like distill their influence in like a sentence or two? Like, what what about them do you take or like do you? I th yeah I well I think it's it bleeds with positivity you know um, it it remembers struggle it, it it frames things in a very romantic uplifting way it choose, it it chooses words that aren't like expected and I think that's where I really learned how to do. Specifically now, like my whole like, you know, the hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I'm, now I'm, it's like for 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 me, it's uh, we're beach slang. We're here to punch you in the heart. You know, punching you in the heart. That's sort of, that's of their world. You know, like 
to me, they would say something like that, where that shouldn't go together, but you right. hear it and it's like, wow. Can I say, as right. soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. Like, right. to me, like, hearing Beach Line for the first time was like, was a punch in the heart. I was like, oh, here's someone who gets it. Here's someone who understands why I spent way too much money on replacements tickets when they reunite. Right. It's like, right. here's someone who gets, like, I, I've... I was going to bring this up when we mentioned Harry Potter, and I forgot to. Okay. But to me, liking Beach Lane now feels like liking Harry Potter when I was a kid. Oh, when it wow. like, first yeah. came out, where it's like this kind of secret yeah. thing. Sure. Where like, you kind of like, you feel people out, and they're like, oh, you like Harry Potter? I'm going to stick around you. You like Beach Lane? I'm going to stick around you. Like, you kind of build this like, Fair. Wow. alliance of sorts, or like this clan of like, we like this thing, let's get everyone else into it. Right on. I feel like you, kind oh, of, you spread the gospel of Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow, right on. <laughs> I, love, I love being mentioned in the same <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you were, um, just fun aside, um, Zim probably tells me I should check out 20 bands a week. Like, uh, okay. just an overwhelming amount of bands. And he doesn't check out. Anything. I don't. <laughs> don't check them out. And you didn't even mention Beach Line to me. You just happened to share it on your Facebook page. I posted it on Facebook. I was like, oh, it's like, I think I described it as like replacements and jawbreakery. And James was like, oh, I'll, I'll take a look. I, I always am uh, seeing if he's accurate. You know, I, I gotta see if this is, this is wildly off the mark or not. And I think it was like one of those super early, like, something like Brooklyn Vegan or... I think I remember I literally just posted the Bandcamp for the first EP. Yeah, this okay. is going back to the first EP, and I, I clicked on it and I played it, and I was like doing other stuff, and then slowly I wasn't able to do other stuff anymore oh. because I was like, "What the? F- why is this so good?" And like, <laughs> totally, totally revealing that like I'm hypercritical as a person and also <laughs> of the recommendations. But I was like, "This is fantastic!" And as soon as it ended, I was just like. I'm gonna go listen to that again. Oh, right on. And I was, it was great. My brother That's, was like, what are you listening to? And I was like, this is Beach Line. And he was like, this. And then he was like, yeah, it sounds like they're replacements. And I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was actually, right I was giving Thanks. blood recently at my college, and I was wearing the replacement shirt. Okay. And one of the guy who was taking my blood was like, hey, nice shirt. And we started talking about them, and I told him to listen to Beach Line. Like, oh, while incredible. he was taking blood out of my like, <laughs> Thank you, just... man. With it. <laughs> Donate blood and listen to Beach Line. No. incredibly <laughs> sweet of you both yeah thank you that means you know so much man you know because it's like you know cut down a tree in a forest doesn't make a sound you know if nobody puts it out there you know because somebody asked me like what's it feel like when you look out and you see people singing your songs back and I'm like it's everything you know I mean that's that is the thing we try to do in life is have that exchange of energy and connectivity you know it's like and that's and that's whether I'm singing a thing or I'm at a show and, I, and I'm singing the thing back it's right. like you know, I don't. I don't know that it that it gets much better than that. I mean, it's it's the jumping off during the Smiths thing, right? It jumping off the stage and getting picked up by a favorite writer. I mean, those are those are the things, right? It's like that being in those sort of moments is 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 uh, is really everything. So I'm, I I am really thankful for for you shouting it out, man. Yeah. Even when you're literally being drained of life, <laughs> I, I I appreciate it. So as a last thing, I have two questions. Um, do you get to read much on tour? Not as much as I'd like, because typically when we're driving around, I'm doing I'm doing written interviews right. or, or you know, writing for like I, I don't know if you see the Beachline email list yeah. or something or just all the social yeah. media yeah. stuff that I do. I mean, I'm 
I'm more actively writing. I mean, I, you know, I always bring, I always bring perks on tour with me to just try to leap through because whenever I feel like I'm going off the rails or my creativity's stalling, I get, I get that book out and I feel like it, it writes me, you know? Um, so that I always have, but I, I, man, I don't nearly read as much as I would like to now given, and, and not that it's a bad problem, but given how much I, I need to write. You know, so I'm I'm on I'm on that half of it right now a little bit more. Yeah. So I know I said I had two questions. I just thought of another one. As a, uh, you you just had a child. That's right. What yeah. is the first book you're gonna give to your kid? Well, I I did. Or, or have given. Yeah, uh, where the wild things are. Excellent. Yeah, it was you know it was my <laughs> it was my favorite book as a kid. Oh yeah. Um, and it it holds up, and I love everything about it. So I made it a point that that was his first. I feel like for like me as a kid, it was like where the wild things are, and then like I forgot the name, but it's a Dr. Seuss one. Oh, the things I've seen on Mulberry Street. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. like that. Like right I think on. they both have that like curiosity and like mm-hmm. the world is a weird place, but it's gonna be okay. I, I think that's a good thing. To Precisely. Yeah, tell your yeah. kid immediately. Uh, like, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you even understand it, I want to embed this in your little head. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, without a doubt, yeah. And uh, finally, do you remember the last book you read, or do you have a book you're currently reading? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've started to read, and again, I've, I've gotten cut off from it, but this book called uh, Eleanor and Park, and, and I got turned on to this. I just, I randomly caught this quote, and it was she, uh, something to the effect of, she wasn't beautiful, she was like art, and art wasn't meant to be beautiful, it was meant to make you feel something. And I was like, I don't know what this is from. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this, but I need to find this right. and, and read this book. Um, and man, I still say that line, and I, you know, the, the hair stand up yeah. on my arms. You know, it's incredibly powerful and beautiful. So, I am in that book right now. I've, I've paused uh, as soon as I'm able to wrap up the things I need to write. I really want to just. I, w- I want to be in a book again. You know, I, I really want to just kind of live inside of one for a little bit. So that will be the one I finish for sure. But yeah. Is there, are there any books that you're planning on reading in the near future? Or anything on your wish list? Uh, well, other than that, you know, that, the replacements book. Right. That I, and that I, oh man, I'm going to tear into <laughs> that thing, you know. But uh, yeah, no, man, I, I, because I, again, I, you know, it's, it sounds like a cop-out, but I, I've, I've, I've intentionally not looked at books to not salivate for things that I can't yeah. dive into, yeah. you know. Um, it's like if you have one piece of candy, you have to eat the whole box. Yeah, I just, I, I just know that right now. Now we are touring. Uh, yeah, you said you were touring so August much. Now, so. so I'm like, I do plan on packing books because a lot of it, three of three of the current tours booked for next year are Europe. One's Australia. I don't, you know, my phone at that point Gone. basically doesn't count. So it's like, oh, that sounds heavenly. Uh, James, do you have any books that you're reading now or plan to read? I started working on um, Carrie Brown Students before. Oh, yeah. Slater Kenny, Portlandia, yeah. Hunger uh, Makes Me a Modern Girl. I still have my hands on it. I'm, right I think I'm 100 pages in, and it's great because it teases you. Because the Slater Kenny is just formed, and I'm 100 pages in. Like, it's got, like it just <laughs> happened basically right. on the last page, so okay. like, you got to wait about 100 pages. Right on. And the first page, has one of the most powerful paragraphs I've ever read. And I'm a little bit obsessed with bands that sort of implode, but then come back, figure out how to bring it back. So like Depeche Mode, Fleetwood Mac, 
And this later kind of got her phone into camp, and she was like, this is the, I think she said something to the fact of, like, this is all I ever wanted, and so, like, it's the, my first unconditional love, and I'm about to destroy it. And oh, then it wow. goes into Jeez. that 100, I, I gotta wait that now 100 great. pages. That is incredible. Great. Yeah. That's how it opens. That's that's the that's like the prologue. That's like the very wow. beginning. That and then <laughs> that's boom, incredible. Chapter one. Yeah, that's incredible. I gotta pick that up. Did, did you read uh, Tim Gordon's book, Girl in a Band? I did not. Oh, no, that's fantastic. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard it's really really great. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Definitely pick that up. I gotta talk to you cats more about books because like yeah. those two right there are like books. I, and I've heard just only like top yeah. shelf like. From friends, you know, who've read it, you know, uh, who've read them, uh, and just, you know, man, hearing that, yeah. it's like, come on, that's yeah. Like, yeah, I know I misquoted it, but it's, it's, and that's the thing is I misquoted it, it's even more masterfully worded right than the book. So when you actually like, get the right wording, yeah, right it's going to be like this tenfold. It's right. Like, it's yeah. I am just starting Cat's Cradle. I just got to the point where they tease the existence of Ice Nine, which I assume is a big deal. But I haven't. I'm trying. Mean, I'm trying not to spoil myself on like a 50 year old novel. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, your new album's out. Is there anything that you want to add to that you want people to know? About? It is out. I will say this. You know, if you haven't read Breakfast of Champions by Vonnegut, you know, it's another <laughs> huge book that I'm just like right now as we talk about this. I was like, how did I not talk about it, Vonnegut? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, no I, I, that's it. Nothing about the record. It's out, you know, but... Uh, the record's out. Yeah, I wanted to, no. yeah, yeah, I, I, I absolutely, that, that triggered that thought in me, and I just, oh, man, I wish my, I wish I knew how to dive into my head deeper, you know, because then it's always like, I, I always, I mean, I, I want to say 100% of the time, I'll, I'll end a podcast or an interview or whatever thing I might do. And you're just like, oh, wait, wait, I got And then it's over, and... It, just the most fundamental thing that I should have said, like where I almost flaked on the Stephen Merritt thing, or like, it's just like, come on, man. You can just like voice memo it. Okay. okay. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely. Oh, so. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but cool. I'm glad I remembered that. Thank you for giving me the shot for any last words. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that for sure. Uh, yeah. James Alex, The Things We Do to Find People Who Feel Like Us, out now on Polyvinyl Records, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. Currently on tour with Tim Kasher, Field Mouse. By the time you hear this, they'll be on tour with someone else. <laughs> um, nicest guys in the world. Thank you so much, no, Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic.